King's kids, if you are in second grade on down, or if you're wearing bunny ears, or if you're with your sister today, you may go. Or without your sister today, are you going to hang out with us? It's Molly and Gray today, you might. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know, they're this tall, you know, they still feel like they're their peers, my kids tower over them in love, I guess, in love. Um, doing things a little different this morning. I've asked Dave to come uh, and share some thoughts on, well, everything. We're going through Proverbs. We're trying to live lives of wisdom. We've, we've been through three chapters. I said chapters one through four. Pick something that seems meaningful or something you've learned and doesn't have to be positive, like or things you learn the hard way, learn the right way, learn the hard way. So I'm going to invite Dave to come on up here and, and share. Appreciate you, all the time you put into us, invest into us, pray over us, lead us. You're right, that is readable. Good. Pr- I need to make mine bigger. Look what I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, he printed his off. So, Dave. Like 14 font. Exactly. You know. Well, when Craig had asked me to uh, speak he wanted he asked me to speak from the perspective of a father who has raised kids and for me to talk about wisdom and raising kids that would be like Goliath standing up here telling you how to go after teenage Jewish boys if you you get you see where I'm going with that and uh, but uh, maybe I've gained a little wisdom over over time because uh, it didn't seem like I had uh, as much as I would have <laughs> liked to have had it at that time. Uh, so, uh, you know, the great thing about wisdom, and we see certainly see it in those first four chapters, God wants us to have wisdom. We should want to have wisdom. This should be a slam dunk. We, this is where we and God are perfectly in line. We want, we want wisdom. This makes life better when we have wisdom. Uh, God wants you to have wisdom. He, is, he wants to give us wisdom. He, he tells you to ask, to pray for wisdom. Uh, you know, grow, uh, as I was raising children, we were raising children because Tanya did bulk of that so uh, but as we were raising raising kids we, we had some rough times and I know some of you guys you've had rougher times than we did and some of you guys have breezed through pretty easy praise the Lord uh, as I as we were bringing up teenage girls now keep in mind I'm a I'm a guy who was who grew up with one brother so I didn't know what girls were they're alien species you know and I, I had no idea that they could cut you to ribbons just with a few words I didn't I wasn't aware of that but we went through some some really trying times as, uh, as our girls went through their teenage years we experienced uh, here I'll give you some of the some of the problems we went through 
uh, and I don't want you to take this as, as placing blame. This is just stuff that life, you know, it's just life. Uh, we went through mental health, mental health issues leading to self-harm. We went through teenage pregnancy. Uh, we went through marital separation. We went through some scrapes with the law. I know I, I look and see some of you, you guys, some of you support, supported us through that, and I remember, I remember you guys uh, doing that. I had one of my daughters, I remember one of the most hurtful things. Uh, this was uh, years ago when it was, uh, when Facebook was just, just around. I, I would, uh, I w if I'd have known what, I, known then what I know now, no, no kids would have Facebook pages. <laughs> But they did, and my daughter uh, pretty well lambasted me on Facebook, scorched me. Uh, and, of course, my first, uh, you know, my response in my mind was, why I ought to, you know, and, and, I, and thankfully uh, I didn't reply on anything public like that I, I we didn't I didn't go there I had actually there was a couple of ladies from church thank you Sherry and Ann they defended me uh, to Rachel and and uh, I should I didn't mean to say her name I'm sorry but she she's okay with it she we've we've uh, we've talked and and we're good but uh, but man it, that really hurt and and some of these things when I say they hurt I mean, they ripped my heart out, poured gasoline on them, and set them on fire. They hurt. They were tough. I didn't communicate good with my family. They were afraid of me, not in a sense that I would hurt them. I didn't. I, I never uh, beat my kids, and they'll, they'll still vouch for me today that I didn't. Uh, but they were afraid of, of my, what was that? Disapproval, right, thank you. They, I, I, was, I was hard on them in a, in a way that wasn't physical, but, but they didn't trust me. And therefore, they didn't, they didn't talk to me. They hid things. And that became a, that, that was a separation because they, they shared with my wife, but they, uh, they were all afraid of me because I was, I was harsh. Men, if you're in that, if you're in that age or you're going to be coming up on that age, Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives. Do not be embittered against them. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Or some translations have that lose heart. I'm guilty. I've, I've been there. I've done that. Um, in First Peter, it says, You husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. We see all through any, any talk that the Bible talks about wisdom, understanding is married closely to wisdom. I was not understanding. 
that separated me from the ones I love. I, I, I joke, there's a, there's a song I've come across, I think, I thought the title was a little too true and, and it's a little humorous. The, uh, the title of the song was, I don't like half the folks I love. You know, so some of you guys probably have a relative or two that you know fit into that category, but uh, but I didn't I didn't like my family. They didn't like they didn't really like me, and made it pretty clear uh, as I just stated. Uh, you know, as messed up as we all were, and and I certainly was the the head of that messed upness. Uh, there, there was a lot of mistakes made. Uh, all, all we were all—I think I could safely speak for all of us. We all made, we all made mistakes. We all hurt each other. Uh, but you know, I found that God can even use those mistakes. And you know, most of you know that because you've made mistakes and said, "God, I don't know how you made." lemonade out of that lemon but but you did and we don't we don't understand that we don't know I, I don't always uh, but we know that we serve a great God that can uh, make something out of out of even out of our mess when I when I say one of the things I, I've come across recently as I think about understanding and trying to live in a way that, that I'm understanding with my kids or my wife, I want you to think about this question. You may need to even write it down for yourself because uh, be it's going to be a hard one to ask. And, but if you, want, if you want to get to understand someone, I want you to ask them this simple question. What would you like me to understand you don't get to reply to that when they tell you you just get to try to understand you don't get to argue or fix that you just say okay I'm going to try to understand that it's probably going to be something that you're not that crazy about when they tell you this is what I need you to understand so this girl that scorched me on Facebook burned me down put out that I was a horrible father and by the way to make it worse her friends all piled in yeah yeah dads are bad you know and, and uh, they did I, I'd never met any of them but they just knew that I must be a bad man. So two weeks ago, this person that, that really hurt me, she sends me this text out of the blue. She's, she lives in Tucson now. And uh, she sends me this text. I'm missing you extra today. I'm so glad that I have a dad so good that it hurts to miss him. Man, kids, send your dad a text like that sometime. And that, I mean, that, that made my day. 
That made my week. It's still making, it's making my day-to-day, correct? I'm still, I'm still have joy over that. Life will go on. You keep, you keep going. Last week, uh, this, it seems like it isn't a bit, you know, it's like a passing verse, but it stuck with me when Craig was reading Proverbs 4. It said, Hear, O sons, the instructions of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. In verse 2, it says, For I give you sound teaching. And here's the part that stuck with me. Do not abandon my instruction. Keep going. Keep forgiving. Continue to pursue God. Things, things change. They, they ebb and flow. But uh, through all that, if we will, if we will keep forgiving, and we're, we're, I'm in a different place with all my, all my girls, my wife, than we were. We didn't do much right, but we, but we did keep forgiving, and we, we're, we are continuing to pursue God. And that's all I've got, Craig. That's good. Sometimes we don't have anything to do but just keep holding on. When all you've got is faith, you have everything you need. When all you have is God, you have everything you need. When all you have is hope, all you need stop grasping for more wanting more needing more these words to these sons from Solomon until you're a parent you don't get it he's begging them to listen but more than that God's word is begging us who might beg them to listen. These are his words to us, to me, to you. That there is way more to live for than what you're living for right now. You get caught up in just day-to-day life and you forget what matters most. And Solomon and Proverbs are trying to bring us back around. Wisdom Lady wisdom, the presence of God, God's words, God's way of living life. That's what matters the most. Do not abandon it. Times will get dark. You can bank on that. Your health will fail. You can count on it. Relationships will go south, sideways, upside down. You will get hurt and No matter how hard you try, you will hurt other people. Don't abandon the life of faith. You need to come back to to some small ways that you keep showing God, even though this, I'm going to be faithful. Even though this, 
I'm going to be faithful. Even though this, I'm still going to come to your word even though I'm angry. Even though this, I'm still going to make time to pray. Even though this, I'm still going to make a sacrifice to give. Even though this, I'm still going to forgive. Even though that, I'm still going to go to church. Even though that, I'm still going to share my faith. I'm still going to help other people. Even if I'm not doing it perfectly. Newsflash. You never will. If you give up because things aren't going perfectly, you've lost. I'm shelving my sermon. We're not going to follow the notes this week. I'll bring that back in two weeks. But you're right. The heart of wisdom is a heart of humility. Jesus teaches us that. He came in the form of a servant, right? And it is a humbling thing to look somebody in the eye. And there are a lot of different ways to say it. That's a good one. What do I need to understand? How can I serve you better? How can I love you better? What can I do for you this week that will make you feel loved? Those are questions we, those are not just for your spouse. This is not marital counseling. This is life counseling. You should ask that to your spouse, but you can ask that of your parents. Parents, you can ask that of your kids. You can ask that of every relationship that's in your life. And listen after you ask the question, what can I do? Who can I be? How can I love? How can I understand? Please learn this skill right here. Shut your holy mouth and listen. If you do have to respond, make sure you're reflecting what they said to you. You're using their own words to show that you are listening. That's wisdom. When we read the New Testament, we read the words of Jesus. The times when Jesus makes the most sense to me is when he's saying the exact thing I'm going through or thinking. He has a really good habit of doing that because he's speaking to the heart. Proverbs is speaking to the heart. So listen and pay attention. Turn to uh, Psalm 51. Here's my backup plan. No slides, no notes. Psalm 51 was going to be a supporting text for the sermon this morning. What I simply want to do is read through the words of David when his heart was broken. His heart was broken because he did something terrible. His heart was broken because he harmed somebody. Somebody he owed a lot of respect to. Somebody who would willingly lay down his life for David if David had asked him, but instead David found a way to murder him. David ruined the relationship, ruined the man, so that he could steal this guy's wife. He's the king. He probably could have found a way to do this without killing somebody, but he also wanted to keep it secret. 
because God's word said what he wanted was wrong, was sin. Sin does its worst damage when it's secret. It's why we're told to confess. It's why we're told to confess our sins to one another and to God. It's important. It breaks the stronghold of sin over you. You feel like you're stuck in sin? Confess it over and over and over again. So this is a psalm of David. The inscription says, When Nathan the prophet went to him, after he had gone into Bathsheba. That is a really soft way of saying he committed adultery, had her husband murdered, and hid it. So David broke several hearts. I'm sure he broke Nathan's heart. Nathan knew David was anointed to be the king. Nathan knew God spoke to David. Nathan knew God led David to write much scripture. Broke his heart. Bathsheba, you think she was pumped? I'm in the king's house now. She lost her husband. Come on. There had to be some heartbreak there too. Doesn't seem like they have a really tight relationship later on in the story. She has to approach him and address him formally. Doesn't seem like they're very close. But when David writes this psalm, the power of it is knowing David also broke God's heart. That's hard. That's the hardest part of your sin to swallow. And it's the most abstract part of our sin that we don't usually deal with. We know we need to say we're sorry. We're taught that in kindergarten. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. We know how to do that. We know how to go through the motions. Then we learn how to say sorry when we really care about hurting somebody. I'm really, really sorry. What can I do to make this up to you? But how in the world does a physical, sinful being say they're sorry to God? That's what David is going to show us. It's deep. He uses a lot of words. And he pours out his heart. So read Psalm 51. Follow along as I read it. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence 
and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God you will not despise. Do good in Zion and your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Verse 17 captures me this morning. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit because when we are broken on the inside, for the right reasons, over our sin that we have sinned against God, that broken and contrite heart, God says will not despise. And that means He will welcome. Even though you've sinned, if you're broken over it because you understand you've sinned against God and everybody else, you've broken God's heart, He opens right back up to you he will not despise you when you come to him. So come. And these are the very words of David's son who was born through this woman that he stole from this man that he murdered. The words of Solomon flow out of this. Solomon He's not the love child from this, but he's the next child from this. So now turn to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 23. We'll talk about this more next time. But can you understand why Solomon would write this in Proverbs 4, 23? Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life the opposite of that is also true if you do not keep control of your heart from it will flow death and destruction does Solomon know that how does he know that Maybe his mom told him. Maybe his dad told him. Or maybe he just came across Psalm 51 one day on his daddy's little desk. Hey, Dad, what's this about? Oh, boy. <laughs> My son. My son. Keep your heart. So my encouragement to you today is be someone who keeps the faith through thick and thin. If your kids go sideways, you stay straight. If your marriage is upside down, you hold on for dear life and you pray to God for help. And you go to Him. There are little practical things you can do and get help through counseling, through a therapist, 
There are medications that might help in some of your situations. I'm not knocking any of those other things. But what I am saying is, if you keep the first thing, God, first, He has a miraculous way of working even your evil into good. Even your tragedies into victories. And even your addictions into deliverance. And even the hard hearts of rebellious little boogers, he can melt them and teach them what love really is. Even through imperfect moms and dads, there's hope. God can use you. Stay faithful. Make his words and his truths the thing you treasure the most. And then, show up. Still have to go to work. Still have to go to school. Still have to do your job. But this God wants to be with you. <laughs> Whether you're at 15,000 feet or you're distancing six feet. You're in Walmart. You're on the road. Wherever you go, whatever you do. Keep your heart. Don't abandon these things. And Solomon's going to have a lot more to say about how to actually keep your heart. There's a lot of practical stuff coming, but... Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, oh God. You need that. I know you do, because you're human. Your heart is not clean. It's not always right. We cast our cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. What a week to confess everything you think of this week. When you come here on Saturday for communion, I want you to have already prayed, already read, already worshipped. We don't wait and put off worshiping God. We do it every single day. So when we come this week, we think about, we fellowship with him in his sufferings. The cross is on our mind. His beatings are on our mind. His crown of thorns is on our mind. His blood, his tears. Easter's coming. And it means in all of your junk, you can still smile. In all of your loss, there is still gain. Jesus Christ has won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. What do you have to be thankful for this week? A lot. Happy Easter. Live Easter this week. I mean, maybe just all week you just say happy Easter. From here on, just blow everybody's mind. Be like, wait, Easter, did I miss it? Is that today? You do it at lunch, to be like, wait, today's Easter? Every day is resurrection day. Every day we live in the power of Christ. Every day is the day of salvation. Not just one day a week, one day a year. Are you kidding me? That power is supposed to be in you all day, every day, every week. Stand with me. I'm going to have to wing something together for sermon discussion. That was weird. I'm just making it up, so bear with me. Uh, bow your heads. Let's pray. God, we come to you right now with uh, thankful hearts. Thank you for the many things you have taught Dave and Tanya. Thank you for the many ways you have raised their girls through us and with us. Thank you for the hope that we always have in Jesus and the reminder to stay faithful through thick and thin. 
Sometimes the conflict is thick and sometimes the patience is thin. And Lord, we need you then so desperately. Teach us what it means to keep our hearts with all vigilance, strength, determination, and perseverance. Teach us what it means to fight for what matters the most. And teach us how to let go of the many sideshows and side issues and debates and arguments that, that consume our country and consume our culture and even consume our minds. Help us to know what to let go of and what to fight for that matters eternally. For the parents that are here, God, we pray that you would give them grace. Teach them to be more graceful than they are harsh. For the grandparents, teach them to speak truth and wisdom into the lives of their grandkids. For all of us, teach us how to be patient with one another and our ups and our downs. God, we need your wisdom. We need your wisdom at work tomorrow. We need your spirit to go with us, creating us a Jesus heart. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, renew the right spirit
The benediction for today is from Colossians 3, it's verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Amen, you are dismissed.